Welcome to the Appalachian Folklore Podcast, a wild hike through the history and migration of the folk culture, stories, traditions, and hates hidden in the hills and hollows of Appalachia. I'm your host, Aaron Bobbitt. Hey folks, welcome to this month's episode of the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. Before I get started, I wanted to do a little housekeeping. Thank you to everyone who listened to the first installment of Stories from the Cabin. I got a lot of resoundingly positive feedback from the folks who decided to email me and message me. I do have a few things in the works for Halloween and Christmas, so be on the lookout for those. I also had a couple of very interesting events take place in my personal podcast life. About a week ago, I was contacted by one of the co-hosts of the Erie Essex podcast, who I mentioned before. Her name is Bethan Briggs-Miller. She's an absolute sweetheart, and we were chatting via Twitter about you know this, that, and the other. And then towards the end of the day, my work day, she sent me a link to a Zoom call uh, asking me if I wanted to join in on a paranormal talk with a bunch of friends concerning this podcast, Uncanny, that I'd seen, but I've not listened to. And of course, I get the message after I was home. I just got out of the shower. I'm feeding my dogs. I'm taking a look at my phone. And I was like, oh, man, I've missed an hour and a half of this. Bummer. So I sent her a message back and said, I would have loved to come. Sorry I missed it, but time difference. I just got home from work. Hope I can join you guys later on. And she was like, no, we're still in. Come on over. So I pop in, get all my gear set, and start having this amazing conversation with a collection of folks from the U.K., talking about ghosts and feet found in shoes and all of these stories, urban legends, and fun things, uh, just randomly. And I promise this has to do with this month's episode. So as the token American, they ask me a bunch of wonderful questions, and I'm happy to answer them because I've never been able to really openly talk about my passion for folklore before. Not that people haven't listened to me, but a lot of like-minded people being there to bounce ideas off of, I, I haven't had that. So as I'm having conversations, you know, flowing in and out of these conversations, uh, one of the things that came up was uh, someone asked, where is Appalachia? And they also asked, is it Appalachia or Appalachia? And, you know, these are questions that uh, as someone who enjoys Appalachian folklore, they're bandied about quite a bit. People ask, you know, how do you pronounce it? But what I haven't got before, and this is because I'm an American living on the East Coast, is where is Appalachia? I just take that for granted, and a lot of people do. Appalachia's our backyard. But there are people in America, in states that are bordered by, if not containing, the Appalachia Mountain Range, that don't know where Appalachia is. It's no slight on them. They just simply don't know. Much like in the last episode, I mentioned at a point in my life I didn't know what folklore was. And, you know, you kind of look at it and you say, how do you not know? People just know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. If you were to ask me where Essex is or Cornwall, I couldn't tell you, right? I know what England looks like. I know what the UK looks like. But I couldn't tell you on a blank map where London was. It's because I didn't grow up over there. I mean, hell, you show me a map of California... I couldn't tell you where San Francisco was or San Diego. It's because I didn't grow up there. I don't know. I'm also really terrible with geography. But that's beside the point. Point is, I take for granted that people do know where Appalachia is, but there are plenty of people who don't. 
like people who don't know what folklore is. So having that conversation with these folks in this Zoom chat helped me realize like this is actually very important to kind of bare bones lay out what is Appalachia and where is the differentiation between Appalachia and Appalachia. It's an identifier. It's a regional identifier. It was an amazing Zoom call. I had so much fun and being able to put my own knowledge and education in check while at the same time getting to talk with people and ask them questions and learn about the folklore of knobs and knockers and all that fun stuff really made me feel like this podcast is going to become part of something that will help people understand a bigger picture of a region or regions that they just perhaps hadn't really thought that in depth about before. So the long and short of it is, thank you, Bethan, for inviting me to that Zoom chat. Thank you to everyone that was there. Never felt that close to a community before. It was so nice to be able to talk with all of y'all and be asked questions and to ask questions. The second thing I wanted to talk about uh, in the housekeeping section here, I was uh, minding my business one day doing dishes, making dinner or something, and I got a little alert on my phone that I got a fabulous folklore update, podcast update. So I go ahead, click on it, get the episode, and I start looking at it because it was on a day that IC doesn't usually release episodes. So I was like, cool, bonus episode. And I look at the title and my heart sinks in the best way possible. It is Ghosts and Witches of Appalachia with Ed Karshner. And it was while I'm right in the middle of doing my research for this episode on what is Appalachia, I see this and I am so happy to see someone who is so knowledgeable and so respected in the folklore podcast community doing an episode on this region. And right out of the gate, Dr. Karshner explains what Appalachia is, where it is, and then subsequently goes into the more nuanced characteristics of Appalachian life, Appalachian culture. And I'm just glowing, shaking with happiness that he so eloquently describes exactly what it is I'm hoping to achieve in this podcast. And then to have Icy so fascinated in an area or a region that she knows about and is very curious about asking wonderful questions and then Dr. Karshner being able to talk about them academically, but also very relatably. And I'm listening to the episode and I'm just laughing and cheering and just so incredibly happy to see Appalachia represented in Appalachian folklore represented in such a wonderful way. And he being from Ohio, me being from Ohio and having family in roughly the same region, I felt a little kinship there. I'm following him on social media now and would love to have him on the show sometime or just maybe email correspondence. If y'all are listening, thank you so much. And I will definitely be using bits and pieces of it as research, well, in this episode, but in further episodes when I do things like Appalachian witchcraft, which is what I've been researching for several years now in the future. So let's get into the nitty gritty of what is Appalachia. This episode is going to be a little bit more fact-based at the beginning just giving you the stats and the geography and whatnot. And then I want to go into what it means to be Appalachian, and that's where it gets a little more complicated. 
West Virginia Public Broadcasting's podcast, Inside Appalachia, is probably one of the best sources I've found to answer the question, what is Appalachia? I'm going to include a link to the show I'm going to quote from in the show notes here. To quote Inside Appalachia, Appalachia connects mountainous parts of the South, the Midwest, the Rust Belt, even the Northeast. The Appalachian Regional Commission defined the boundaries for Appalachia in 1965 with the creation of the Appalachian Regional Commission, a part of Lyndon B. Johnson's War on Poverty. Politically, Appalachia encompasses 423 counties across 13 states, and West Virginia is the only state entirely inside the region. And that's what most people think of as Appalachia, West Virginia. If you look at a map, and again, the link will have the map I'm referencing here, you can see a dark swath of counties that count as Appalachian, the aforementioned 423 counties. And you see that West Virginia is entirely darkened. And it is, to me, one of the most beautiful states to visit on the East Coast. It is mountainous and rugged and full of dense forests and Bigfoot, but there is that stereotype of this is what Appalachia is, and that's not entirely true. Just simply looking at a map of the Great Appalachian Valley on Wikipedia, you see that it goes from Mississippi through North Carolina up through Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, and into New England. A lot of those regions within those states would not consider themselves as part of Appalachia or identify as Appalachian. Inside Appalachia podcast, one of the hosts, Caitlin Tan, goes to Mississippi and interviews people who know that they are near the Appalachian mountain range but do not consider them Appalachian. They identify as Southern, or as the gentleman she interviews says, Redneck Appalachian. You also see Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a quintessential Rust Belt city, called an Appalachian mini New York City. Having known people from Pittsburgh, very few, if not absolutely none of them, would consider themselves Appalachian, but it is part of the Appalachian mountain range. So right off the bat, just based on geography and the spread of the greater Appalachian Valley, you see there are innumerable cultures and state-by-state, county-by-county differences that would identify someone, self-identify someone, I should say, as Appalachian or not Appalachian or Appalachian adjacent. To quote Wikipedia, which I loathe to do normally, but these are just stats and facts, the Appalachian mountain range is roughly 480 million years old and will reach into parts of southeastern Canada. The term Appalachian is more often used restrictively to refer to regions in the central and southern Appalachian Mountains, areas or states like uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, Maryland, West Virginia, and North Carolina. And as a North Carolinian, that is Western North Carolina, because we've got everything from mountains to sea. And the people at the beach on the East Coast are not going to consider themselves Appalachian, and people in Appalachia wouldn't consider themselves beachcombers. The name Appalachia comes from an indigenous tribe near what is present-day Tallahassee, Florida, and was adopted by Spanish explorers to that region. Members of the Navarrez expedition, including Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca, in 1528 came across this tribe, whose name they transcribed as Apalchen or Appalachian. 
The name was soon altered by the Spanish to Appalachie and used as a name for the tribe and region spreading well inland to the north. Now spelled Appalachian, it is the fourth oldest surviving European place name in the U.S. So as I mentioned before, the mountain range moves from Canada up north uh, from the island of Newfoundland 1,500 miles southwestward to central Alabama in the U.S., and the highest peak along that is in North Carolina, Mount Mitchell, at 6,684 feet, or 2,037 meters for those of you not in the United States. Mount Mitchell is the highest part of the United States east of the Mississippi River. I have been there several times and done the hike myself from the base to the peak, and it is one of the most beautiful hikes I have ever been on. There's a little stream at the bottom. I camped right by that. And then the path to the peak is right there. Just wake up, put your pack on, hike to the top, and take a bunch of pictures. So that's the Appalachian Mountain Range in a nutshell. And I want to move now into what it means to be Appalachian. This is a topic I cannot answer myself because I do not identify as Appalachian. There are many of you out there who may and I would love to hear from you. What does it mean to you to be Appalachian? I also want to throw it off to another podcast, Appodlatcha. They're a current events and news-based podcast centered around things going on in Appalachia on a weekly basis. The earlier episodes addressed topics like the stereotypes of Appalachia, and even more currently, they talk about things like being black and Jewish in Appalachia. I will include a link to the podcast itself in the show notes. Another excellent podcast is the Pickle Shelf Radio Hour that deals a lot with cultural diversity through food. The host interviews people from throughout Appalachia who have different cultural heritage uh, in various different countries throughout the world and how the food of their home countries is changed to fit Appalachian culture based on ingredients, things that they had at home that they could just go to a market and get. You can't find that in your local grocery stores or even farmer's markets in whatever part of Appalachia they're living. So how did they change their recipes to fit what was available in their local area, then subsequently become part of their Appalachian identity while maintaining their roots in their heritage, their culture from a different country. This topic will come up in a future episode when I discuss the Scottish immigrants to Appalachia and how their food, religious practices, and so on and so forth made their way and how they are still here today. I did listen to an interesting interview on folklore, food, and fairy tales with a Scottish food writer and talking about the food and beer in Scotland and how it's becoming more and more popular, the idea of the rustic rural food becoming more mainstream cuisine. You're seeing a lot of that in Appalachia too, based on those cultures coming over here, not being able to find the exact same ingredients, but making it their own. There's another interesting episode on the Pickle Shelf Radio Hour that discusses how a family makes this traditional Spanish blood sausage. I do want to cover that as well because there is a lot of informal traditional culture being passed around through this practice. And to me, that is quintessential folklore and quintessential Appalachia. So to sum up 
what does it mean to be Appalachian? It's really a case-by-case basis. Just because you live in the Appalachian mountain range doesn't necessarily mean that you identify as Appalachian. Just because you live in northern Appalachia doesn't mean that you identify in the same way as you do as central or southern Appalachia. The German culture, Swiss culture, Spanish and Mexican culture, Thai culture, it's all this I'm sorry to use the phrase, melting pot of various cultures that have come to live here and love the Appalachian Mountain Range, and they identify differently based on their heritage outside of the United States, or even perhaps from a different region of the United States moving to this one central location that everyone agrees is home to them in some way, shape, or form, and has become part of their identity. Much like the first episode on what is folklore, I wanted to use this episode to show that the idea of Appalachia, what it means to be Appalachian, goes a lot deeper than most people assume. It's not a bunch of white, inbred rednecks hiding in the hills and doing meth and making moonshine. If you go back and look at Appalachia's recent video posts on social media, they had some kind of App State... That's Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. Whomever they were playing a couple weeks ago in football posted a video about trashing Appalachia. And again, it was a lot of stereotypes of the rednecks inbred living in the mountains and how we're going to beat the shit out of them and we're going to win. And yeah, it was a lot of pregame football, you know, bro talk trying to hype everything up and that's part of football but again you can see those stereotypes are still there that it's still a very disgusting and common stereotype of Appalachia and what I'm hoping to do with this podcast is show that Appalachia is incredibly culturally diverse and that that diversity goes throughout the world to different countries and that's all become Appalachia as we know it today. As I've said before, I'd love to hear from you guys. You can reach me at appfolklorepod at gmail.com. And I want to open up the question to you. What does it mean to you to be Appalachian? If you identify as Appalachian, how does your cultural and family heritage influence who you are in defining yourself, identifying yourself as Appalachian? Thank you all again so much for listening. I'll have another episode of Stories from the Cabin here in a few weeks. I'm going to try to do some more spookier things for Halloween month as I am practicing my storytelling. With that said, thanks again, and y'all be good. Thanks for spending your time with me here at the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. If you'd be so kind as to like, review, and subscribe to this show on whichever platform you use, I'd greatly appreciate it as it helps spread the word. And after all, isn't that what folklore is about? You can find the Appalachian Folklore Podcast on social media at AppFolklorePod. You can also email me with questions, comments, corrections, stories, recipes, etc. at AppFolklorePod at gmail.com. And you can visit my website, shows.acast.com AFP. Thanks to Jonathan Ochoa for the Appalachian Folklore Podcast cover art. The intro music is Stillness by Riviel. The outro music is I Can See the Sky by All Sever Lake. You can find all citations to the references mentioned in this episode in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.